Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, everybody. Y'all doing okay today? Yes. It's such an honor for me to be here in this room with you today. I said in first service that uh, I'm usually here, but I'm in the back with all the cool kids. Uh, No offense. Uh, But it really is an honor to get to be in a room with adults, with my brothers and sisters who are a little bit closer to my age. Um, But I do want to say to the parents in the room, thank you so much for entrusting uh, your children to us and allowing for us to pour into them all that we've been given. It really is an honor. I speak on behalf of the entire kids' ministry team that uh, we're just thankful that you let us have a part in their lives. And in case you didn't know it, we've got some future world changers down that hallway. You can just walk into the nursery and know (laughs) that there's some little ones in this room that God is raising up already. Um, And so... If you want to see that for yourself because you don't believe us, then please feel free to come and talk to me or Jess Ham or Sherry Avance, Rachel Schwartz, Alexis Hammond. Yes, I am shamelessly putting in a plug because we would love for you to be able to see it firsthand and get you a part of, have you join our volunteer team. So um, I also just want to take a second and honor our pastors, even though they're not here with us today, Pastor Steve and Pastor Julie. Um, are uh, incredible leaders that I'm thankful for, and I hope you are as well, uh, because they're wholehearted worshipers and completely committed and fully devoted to serving God and serving his people. Um, and so they not only lead us by their words, but they lead us with their lives. They lead us by example. So I'm thankful that they allow my husband Seth and I to serve alongside them, but also gave me this chance to talk with you this morning Um, So I just have to ask, did anybody here come expecting to hear from God today? Anybody need a word from the Lord? I sure hope so. Um, But regardless of why you're here, if you came because maybe someone invited you or you felt obligated to be here today, I just have to make sure that you're aware that you're not here by accident. You are here, we're all here, because Jesus loves us. He cares about you. He cares about your present circumstances, but also your future ones. So even if you didn't come expecting, you can go ahead and start expecting now that God is going to begin moving in your life in different ways and and it's speaking to your heart even today. Um, And so I'm excited. I'm ready. Uh, But for those of us who haven't been able to be here the last couple of weeks or maybe you're new here to Passion, let me just welcome you first of all. But also, I want to catch us up because the things that Pastor Steve has been talking to us about in this month's series called 3D has been really good stuff. Has it helped anybody out so far? Um, But it's also been important stuff, things that we need to hear. So the first Sunday 
of this month, Pastor Steve pointed out that the phrase out of sight, out of mind is more than just a state of forgetfulness. It can actually be a a dangerous spiritual condition because whether we want to acknowledge it or not, there really is another dimension called the spiritual realm and it's real. We saw from the story of Elisha and his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6 that if what we see in the natural becomes what has our sole focus or has all of our attention, then we actually uh, can, can become surrounded. We feel surrounded and then we all of a sudden want to throw in the towel and surrender. Maybe that that feeling of surrounded is you're surrounded by pain, surrounded by chaos or confusion, or you've experienced great loss. And the moment that you feel surrounded, if you're not able to see past all of that, then it's easy for us to just surrender to it. But that's not God's will for us. Because his desire is for us to be victorious and to walk and live in victory. Um, and then also, if we're able to see we will also be able to remain in in the physical place that he wants us to be. Can you say the word remain with me? Remain. He doesn't just want us to remain um, in maybe the job he has you in and the marriage he has you in and the ministry position he has you in. He also wants for us to remain in a healthy emotional state. Like he wants us to be able to remain at peace. He wants us to be able to remain calm and and at ease and without fear. And so just as God opened the eyes of Elisha's servant and enabled him to see that the army of angels that surrounded them was much bigger than the enemy army that also surrounded them, God wants to open our eyes as well to be able to see that he is intervening on our behalf. He is interceding for us. So if you want to be able to see, all you have to do is ask him, God, open my eyes. You could say it right now if you want. God, help us see this morning. Help us to see how you're fighting for us. And then last Sunday we were taught that when we're able to see the supernatural, we're also able to recognize and remember that God really does have a plan. He has a plan, so there's no need to panic. I love that. And Pastor Steve reminded us, he used the story of the disciples when they were in the boat with Jesus in the middle of a storm. And what did they do? They freaked out. Because they forgot. How often do we freak out? Because we forget so easily what God has already been saying to us. But Jesus means what he says. So when he said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake, he meant we're going across to the other side of the lake. It doesn't matter how crazy the storm gets. It doesn't matter what opposition comes against you. I'm with you, and I'm able to fight against anything and win. So when Jesus says to us, we're going to go across to the other side, whether that be a certain circumstance or situation that you're walking through or a season that you're in, that means that we are going to make it to the other side so no matter it doesn't there's no person there's no storm and there is no demon that can stop us when jesus is in our boat and so i think it's time for us to learn and i'm preaching to myself because i will be the first to admit that i freak out so unnecessarily and i'm super thankful praise god for giving me seth nicks because he snaps me back into reality but with calmness he is so nice anyways i'm sensitive so um if if we want it's time for us to learn how to lay down next to Jesus and take a nap during the storm rather than waste a whole lot of energy freaking out about it unnecessarily. We have to remember that he has a plan so we don't have to panic. Amen? Yes. Love that. 
So then Pastor Steve also told us that when we're able to see, we will no longer settle for temporary solutions, but we will actually press on towards permanent victory. Yes, I said the V word. That is God's will for us to have victory. It's his will for us to no longer live like victims, but to live more like victors. And I believe that I'm here this morning to remind us that that's not just a pretty idea and it doesn't just sound good coming out through my mouth. It is reality. It is God's will for us because Jesus came and he won it and he's giving it to us. So do you want that this morning? Maybe... You are already walking in victory, but you know somebody that's close to you who's not. And so if you want that for your kids, for your family, we can claim it in Jesus' name. And this morning, if you want to, you can go with me. We're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 5, or it will be on the screens. I get cotton mouth when there's a microphone in front of me. So you have to forgive me for taking water. Joshua chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and he asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So here we see that this guy named Joshua, he had what we would call a real encounter with the 3D world because he came face to face with the Lord of Heaven's armies. Now, some theologians say that this was merely an angel, but I'm on the side with the other theologians who agree that this was actually a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus himself. In other words, the Son of God in all his glory. And if you want to talk about it later, I'd be happy to give you my reasons, but that's besides the point. So here we have Joshua encountering God, okay, which... I just have to say wow to that. What a day it was for him. But I also think that might have been a little scary um, because, yeah. Anyways, besides the point. So in this encounter that Joshua has with him, there are a few things that we need to learn from and apply to our lives as we continue to approach our God daily, but also as we continue to grow in our awareness of the spiritual realm that we are reacting, that we are interacting with every single day. And the first thing I want to point out to us is that when Joshua approached the Lord of Heaven's armies, he asked a question. What did he ask? Whose side are you on? Are you for us or against us? In other words, Joshua went into defense mode and he's like, bro, you for us? But what I love is that our Jesus is like a boss. He doesn't have to bow down. Oh, I'm about to get off track. But he doesn't have to bow down to what we think, right? Just because we think a certain way, he doesn't have to agree with us because Jesus' response back to him is like, neither. (laughs) It's so cool. And it just it kind of just struck me when I read that. And then he began to reveal to me that we as humans, but also as believers, if we're not careful, we have the tendency to slip into a victim mentality or even get into defense mode like Joshua did to the point that we will approach God and step into his presence automatically assuming that Jesus is on my side, that Jesus is on our side. But I think we need to be reminded this morning 
understanding of who he is because yes he's the good shepherd yes he's gentle he's kind his his love is unconditional but he is also the righteous and just judge he is the commander of the lord of heaven's armies all authority in heaven and on earth has been placed in his hands and y'all he's in charge so it's not our side that he needs to get on it's his side that we need to get on Amen? And if we do, we will find ourselves walking out in the victory that He has for us. So we need to ask ourselves this question, whose side am I on? Am I on my side or am I on His? Because it's easy. It's easy to slip over. So here's a few questions to help us figure this out. Are you always fighting for your own rights? Thinking that you're entitled to that job? Thinking you're entitled to the respect of that individual? And are you doing whatever you got to do to get what you want? Ouch. Or do you have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, willing to sacrifice your own desires to meet the needs of others? That's found That can be found in Philippians chapter 2 if you want to go and read that on your own. It's a beautiful description of how Jesus was when he was on this earth and therefore how we are also to be. Here's another one. Are you refusing to let go of the offenses that you've been carrying around for years because you feel like it's your, you're entitled to that pain? It's mine. It's mine. I get to be mad. I get to be angry. Or have you chosen to trust God with your pain and forgive as he has forgiven you? As found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. And lastly, are you living how you want to live and doing whatever feels good? Or are you denying your flesh, taking up your cross and following him daily? It's not easy, but it's doable. In James chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. This reveals to us that there's no in-between. You can't be cool with God and do what you want. There's not an in-between side. It's either his side or yours. And why do we need to get on his side? Well, it's because in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us that our battles are not against flesh and blood. That our real battles are not with people, but they're with principalities and unseen authorities. So, y'all, Satan is real. Demons are real. There is a spiritual realm. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, they are out there. And um, our real enemy has a plan for our lives. And if you go back into our elementary room and you ask them, what does Satan come to do? They will tell you, kill, steal, and destroy. But they are so right because we got to teach them at a young age that they're after you. He doesn't wait till you hit 20 years old and then all of a sudden, boom. He starts at babies. So we have to be aware of this. Um, and And... Rather than just putting us out of our misery, I heard one time that he he actually wants to keep us alive but make us so miserable that we spend every minute wishing that we were dead. Why do you think depression and anxiety are so rampant? And oppression and fear seem such like a common thing, like, like it's becoming acceptable. It's not acceptable, guys. Not to the Lord, and it shouldn't be to us, his church. And... And please hear me, I do not blame Satan and demons for everything. They do not deserve that much credit. But, because sometimes our issues are our own doing. And we could talk about that later if you want. Like, this is kind of silly, but 
Maybe your stomach hurts because you ate too much pizza, not because Satan is attacking your intestines all of a sudden. But sometimes our issues are our issues because we live in a fallen world as well. Um, But we do need to be aware that he does prowl around like a roaring lion looking for whoever he can devour. And the good news is (laughs) that he may be like a lion, but our Jesus is the lion. The word describes him as being the lion of Judah. And Revelation chapter 19 is one of my favorite passages because it reveals also that Jesus, yes, uh, he's our savior and he's our king, but he's also a little bit savage and he comes to wage a righteous war and he wears a robe that's dipped in blood and on his thighs, what I like to think as a tattoo that has many names, and he, he wears the crown. And, and so he, when he roars, foundations shake. They can't remain the same. When he roars, strongholds have to break. They don't get to stay. When he roars, walls come crumbling down. Barriers have to move. Waters get to split open so we make it to the other side. When he roars, winds are calmed. And government officials like Pharaoh have to change their minds. Come on, somebody. Rivers appear in the wasteland. Demons have to flee. Has anybody seen a demon flee? Because they're out there. And if we would take a authority and start to recognize them, then we could take authority in Jesus name and they would have to go that when he roars, the enemy army scatters and chaos is snapped back into order. Are you thankful that he is not only wants to give you the victory, but he's able to give you the victory this morning. You can thank him with me. Thank you, Jesus for what you've done for us. Thank you that you came. Thank you that you died and you rose again and you took the keys. Thank you that you want for us to walk in victory. So I ask you to help us this morning, Jesus. Help us to understand, but also not just carry this knowledge, but walk out with it. So let's get back to the story. (laughs) After God revealed himself to Joshua, the Bible says that Joshua responded How does he respond? It says he fell face down in reverence. In other words, Joshua bowed. He worshipped. He recognized this man is not a man. This is God. And he's worthy. But also, I need him. (laughs) So if we want to live in victory, we've got to first bow. Got to stop standing our ground, but bow down to him and submit to Christ's authority. So if you would help me out by looking at someone sitting next to you and tell them, you've got to submit, man. You've got to submit, bro. Right, me too. So if you're taking notes this morning, you can write this down. The way to live in Christ's victory is to first submit to his authority. James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love this because it's a promise. But usually when you notice promises in the Bible, they're also conditional. There's a command that comes before it. So what 
what James is teaching us here is that, yes, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you, but you can't resist him on your own. You don't have the strength, the might, the power, the gifts. It don't matter how gifted you are. doesn't matter how, how much people listen to you whenever you tell them what to do. You are not going to be able to do it on your own. But if you will first submit and bow down to God, then you will be able to resist the devil. This is how we'll win. And so, to those of us in this room, I believe that there are some of us here as well as in first service that are in need of a breakthrough. Maybe you need um, a breakthrough in your marriage or in your relationship with your kids or even with some people in this church, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances, in, in your job, maybe in your mindset and the way that you think and view people Maybe you need a breakthrough in your prayer life and your relationship with God and and your understanding of who he really is. But God wants you to know this morning that he's here. He's already walked into the room. He said where two or three are gathered together in his name there I'll be. He's here. Whether you can see it or not, he's working. Whether you can feel it or not, he's working. And he is not ignoring you. He has not forgotten you. Your prayers don't bounce off the ceiling and come back. But he is gentle and he's waiting for us to approach him like Joshua did. To bow down before him and surrender fully like we sang this morning. And say, whatever you say, I understand that that's what goes. That's how we're going to win. And so um, then after Joshua bowed, he asked a question. He said, what message does my Lord have for his servant? So he gave God the chance to talk back. It's time that we, that we bowed, but we also listened. It's time that we stop talking for a second and we ask him a question and give him the chance to respond. Anybody else struggle with talking too much? Yes, me. I bring my list to him every day. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got some things to say if you actually want this to be a good day. Okay. Anyways, so knowing this, we can learn that the most victorious position for us to be in is on our knees. Why? Because the way that God responds to Joshua is so cool. He actually speaks in past tense. And he says, see, I have delivered, have delivered Jericho into your hands. Has Joshua picked up a sword? No. Has Joshua gathered an army together and started strategizing? No. Has he walked around those walls yet? No. What was he? Where was he? On his knees, worshiping. That's what he was doing. And Jesus said, before you even get up, bro, the victory is already yours. I've given it to you in advance. Yeah? I love that about him. It's that Jesus doesn't expect us to fight for ourselves. He doesn't expect for us to do it on our own. What he does expect is for us to link arms with him and say, let's do this together, Jesus. You know what's best. You're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. So we have got to do this more often than we do. We've got to learn how to get in this position because this is the most victorious position we can be in. When we're in this position, he moves on our behalf. When we're in this position, we may not know what to pray, but we can just say his name. And he starts interceding and intervening in our families and in our homes. And so this is where we need to be. But it's not just a physical bow. Our hearts must also bow. 
Our mindset must also bow. What I think and how I view things and how I view the people that get on my nerves must also bow. My money and what I choose to do with my finances must also bow. What I choose to do with my time must also bow. I believe that there are some areas of our lives today that God is just saying, if you will let me have my will and my way in your life, you will walk in life. You will walk in victory. And so we have got to get down on our knees for this is how we fight our battles. And I believe also that the worship song Defender that we sing sometimes here at Passion, it's meant to belong to this body. It's not just a pretty song. It doesn't just have powerful words and powerful meaning. It's meant to be a testimony for each and every one of of us in this room. And so I just declare over us that there that there are some of us here that we are going to be able to sing this, but we're going to be able to sing it in past tense. He came back with the head of my enemy and he called it my victory. But all I did was praise. And all I did was worship. And all I did was bow down. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? He loves us so much. He's so trustworthy. God help us trust you. So another thing we need to notice is what happened after God gave Joshua this promise. After he said, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, he then gave Joshua a heavenly strategy for his present circumstances. He tells him to to gather people together and march around the cities every day for six days and have priests carrying trumpets in front of the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence at that time. And then on the seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times, and then you're going to release a loud shout, and the walls of Jericho are going to come crumbling down. You're going to go in, and you're going to take your territory. I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit of a strange strategy to me. Have you ever tried walking around a building just expecting for the walls to come down? Like, Yeah, try that. See how people look at you. But we do need to recognize, though, that God is still the same God. He may give you a strategy that sounds a little bit strange, makes you look a little bit weird. Yeah, but you can trust him. (laughs) So we need to to not only bow down, but at some point we've got to stand up and obey. We've got to walk it out. We've got to do what he asks us to do and not just come to church on Sundays and lift our hands and sing these songs and say, I'll follow you, Jesus. I believe in you. But then we walk out of here and we didn't, we're not obeying. That doesn't go together. The two have to happen together. There's this and then this, you know? Anywho. So when we obey him and submit to his authority, then we're able to stand in his authority. And at that point, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. It's a promise. So would you help me out once again? Look at the person sitting next to you and tell them we've got to stand. Tell them you better stand. So the way... To live in Christ's victory is to also stand in his authority. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to begin reading in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your 
stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to what? Stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Lisa Bevere points out something that I agree with, because I've been here before, that we as Christians have a tendency to cower or to want to hide whenever spiritual warfare starts getting talked about. We hear somebody talking about how they saw something in their house, and we're like, ooh, that ain't for me. We're not talking about that. We ain't doing that. You know, because we think that if, all the, if we all of a sudden start paying attention to the spiritual realm, that somehow it's going to get darker. Or we think, if I ignore them, they'll ignore me. Well, that is a lie. Because they are already operating at full force. But whenever we choose to take our ground and stand in his authority and speak forth his word, then you don't have to be afraid of what you can't see because you were made for the good fight and you will actually become stronger. We will. He's not going to leave you to fight by yourself. So, What kind of strategy would God give to us? Usually it's similar to the strategy that he gave to Joshua. And that involves releasing a sound. But not just a shout. Wah! You know. But sometimes it is, though, actually. Sometimes God says, why don't you just shout for a minute? You know? People around you may think you're a little bit cuckoo, but they don't know what you've been through. And they don't know what I'm about to take you into. So if you want to win, then you need to obey, right? Okay, that was outside of that. So bringing it back. But verse 17 of this chapter, Paul says to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God has given us a weapon. He doesn't want us to just fight. He wants us to win. So if we want to win, we've got to know what this says. And then we've also got to say it out loud. Some of us are good at reading this, but we're too afraid to speak it out. Some of us like to talk a lot, but we don't even know what this says. But if we will do both, if we will read this, study this, meditate on this, and then we will begin to let Jesus roar out of us, because if Jesus has taken residence in your heart and he's a lion, then that means you have the ability to open your mouth and let his word come out of you so that the strongholds over your home have to break, so that the the kids in your life that you're tired of seeing go through this constant cycle have to be brought out of it if you want to see victory in your household you've got to stand in his authority and speak forth his word it's time that we release the sound that god has given to us and speak his word sing his word and pray his word it's time we took some responsibility and we didn't just do it in here but we went back to our houses we went back to our offices and we just started anointing doorways if we got to do that and we just start laying hands on all our children and we say i declare that this house belongs to jesus and i will not let any evil spirit dwell or remain here nothing like that has a place we have that authority Isn't that cool? Yes, it is. I agree with me. Okay. But also, I thought it was really sweet, so I I just have to say it. I found out that one of our little kids named RJ, 
uh, every night before he goes to sleep, he asks God to kick the devil out of his dreams. And I'm like, come on, RJ. Um, Because some of us need to do that. We need to take authority of our sleep. It's God's will for you to sleep well. So anyone in this room that's struggling with nightmares or is being tormented in the night, I say no more in Jesus' name. You will sleep well. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.